David disappeared on us. Mm, he's good at that. He is good at that. Andrew, I see that you're back. You disappeared for a minute too. Yeah, I was. Uh, so I, I'm not very Zoom tech savvy. Awake. Yeah. Um, no. I was going to try to like change my background, but I don't mm. know how to do that while I'm in live mode. Yeah, right. that's okay. We'll be okay without it. Well, should we just do the intro? Yeah, I mean, I, your your video went away. Uh, well, I think do I we know why? I think I got a fix. Let's just go ahead and start. And okay, I'll, uh... I, was tr- I was trying to stall while you were working on that, but that's okay. We can go ahead and start. Um, so, hey, everybody. This is So Many Sequels. Uh, if you're not familiar with us, we are a movie review podcast with a very simple premise. We review movies that have sequels. Um, I don't think, with maybe the rare exception of a couple, we've been doing film franchises for the past, this is our third season. And... Yeah. If you're also not a fan of the show, you don't know what we're doing unless you heard. Um, we're doing The Matrix tonight. We're kicking off the, the Matrix series. Um, we'll do the first, well, the first three movies. I say that like there's a fourth one. Not yet, but it's coming. Um, and the way we decide it is a fun little game that we invented um, where we spin a wheel of movies and whatever lands on, that's what we pick. Uh, I don't know, Gary, do you have that nearby to show off? Let's show off the wheel a little bit. So we like added, I don't know, what is there, maybe eight, seven or eight movies on there. We each give veto power as to what goes on there. And then we spin it wherever it spins. That's where we're stuck. So we're landed on the Matrix now. Right. Um, I'm Josh, by the way. I'm Andrew. We went around the room. Andrew. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. Oh, oh wow. Let's do this. Did you do this time for the Matrix. What'd you say? I said, did you do that on purpose? You purposely what on purpose? got the video done so you could turn on, yeah. put on your phone. <laughs> yeah. you hey, I'm savvy. I'm savvy. He definitely left to go find a costume. That's no, I had, the, I had the costume all ready to go. It was, the, it was a plan. <laughs> okay, I great. It. I wish I just had a blank screen, though, instead of my uh, goofy Facebook your, profile. Your avatar, yeah. So, like I said, it's Matrix Day, so let's get going on the Matrix. This is a good time for this, really, because we just hit the 20th anniversary of this movie, last fall, I believe, came out in 1999, a great year for movies. Great, um, yes. There's actually a book about it that I'm, that I'm reading very slowly about why 1999 is a great year for movies. And The Matrix is one of them. Four Academy Awards for this one. Um, Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, ton of, ton of great actors. Let's go around the room and give for, and just give some first impressions of this movie. I don't think I don't think for any of us it was the first time seeing it. I know for yeah. Garrett it was the first time in a long time. Uh, Andrew and I saw it recently, uh, just last year, and I don't know about David. Yeah, yeah, it's been a little while since I'd That's seen it, right. but I definitely saw it when I was younger. Cool. Well, first impressions. Let's go. Absolutely amazing. Still is after twenty years. After all this time. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, you watch a lot of, we watch a lot of movies, obviously, with this podcast. And the things that happened in, in 1999, a lot of times they don't hold up. And this, as crazy as everything that they did, as game changer for a lot of special effects, it still really holds up well. A lot of the things still look great. Um, but goodness gracious, this is uh, wild how, how good this still is. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing the legacy that this movie would end up leaving. You know, it's um, it's easy to say that you know it's it's a good film, but when you, I think the real 
mark is going to be how many people cite this movie as an influence. And I think we can get into that a little bit later, but it's definitely a movie with a big legacy. Um, and uh, first impression upon rewatch is that it, the movie was a lot, hmm, maybe it's just because I've seen it and I've seen it done a billion times, but it was a lot easier to follow than I remember it being when I was, you know, like a young, I, I saw this movie the first time, I think when I was like, I don't know, 11, maybe 12. So it was pretty easy to follow this time around, but overall I, I uh, quite enjoyed uh, going through the, going through the, the matrix again. You know, I've never claimed to be a smart person. Mm. Uh, and no one claimed on your behalf. No, no not in the slightest. No one want to be a liar. No, Garrett's a smart person. Shut up, you liar. Uh, <laughs> I am not smarter than this movie. Uh, in fact, upon the rewatch, I had to clarify many things with Josh because uh, I just, it, it, I struggle. I knew when he was in the Matrix, except like after, after he was reborn or awoken, mm-hmm. everything makes sense as far as the timeline. Right. But like, in that first beginning, I forget that that's the Matrix and just assume that's the real world. And so when his mouth just went away, my brain was like, what is happening? Because <laughs> they do a really good job of A, confusing well, me, and B, making you think that it is just a dream. So many of these weird things that Keanu or Neo goes through, they do a good job of like having him wake up and you think it's a dream. Right. Uh, and, and so that just really adds to that level of confusion that you might have if you're really not paying attention. Because this is not a movie that you turn on in the background. you got to focus. And for the first time in 20 years, I focused. <laughs> I finally understood. I was like, oh, okay. I'm stupid. Yeah, it definitely – I the, it's a lot longer before they actually go to the real world than I remember it being. Like, I, I as a – my memory is really not great on this because I just find it kind of felt like they get to the real world like really quickly. Like it just, I don't know. It's hard to describe, but uh, I was actually surprised how much happens before you finally get Keanu or Neo into the real world, into the real world and doing sort of learning about what exactly is the status of the world right now. Um, yeah. I which think I think that's was cool. A, I think that's a really cool way to tell this story because you do get, really sucked into the world that they have built to make it believable that by the time that you are brought into the real world with Neo or Thomas, um, you're just as shocked as he is, I think, to see the state of the world. What do they call it? The the Matrix. The, no, no, the real world. They had a name for it. Oh, the, the last city on Earth? No, Never, that, was, that was Zion, Zion. The desert or something? I don't remember. When, when we saw the it, cityscape... Oh right, right. That was all torn up. Um, yeah. It's shocking to to Neo and to the viewer who has spent all this time in a digital world that they thought was real. Uh, so I really like that it takes a long time to get to that point for that exact reason. Um, I mean, it's so beyond beyond the way the world looks now. You've got the way humans look, which they're basically. Uh, like kept on a on a life support system inside these gross pods, and put into a digital world in just a form of captivity. It's wild, and I think it came out at at, at a interesting time in um, the way society was kind of zooming through technology. Yes, you know, by nineteen ninety nine. 
the internet starts to really take off as a mainstream thing. Um, we're a few years out from social media still, but it seems like something that could happen. And I don't know them all off the top of my head, but there's like a billion different conspiracy theories about people living in a simulation. And I think a lot of that could ju- could easily be tracked down to the matrix and the influence it's had on people. Yeah, it's definitely a time. It was definitely a, a point in time where compu- being you know, somebody who knew about computers and how to work computers and things like that was kind of a, there was an element of like counterculture to it. Hackers and, you know, knowing how to how to manipulate people's people's computers and manipulate uh, you know things about the internet it was kind of this cool had an underground edge to it um and you it it's kind of one of the first movies that really kind of modernized uh, i don't know but kind of really is like one of the standouts of like cyberpunk you know this idea of like futuristic Mm -hmm. but also kind of like grungy and and dirty and stuff like that and um yeah, you know, and it's kind of funny because, like you said, Garrett, the movie opens up and it's so normal almost. It's so like, you know, like things are – Keanu had a very, like, normal guy quality at the beginning of the movie. And they really get him to that point of being, like, a hero kind of guy by the end. Mm-hmm. So I, I was watching. I was like, man, Keanu seems – like, obviously, it's a long time ago, but he seems so young at the beginning of this movie, even though this was quite a few films into his career. Yeah. Yeah, and I will say that, like, if there's anything that's lasted from this movie, it's how stylistic it is. Mm. Like, it borrows, it's much in the way of, like, a, like a Tarantino film. It borrows so many, like, different elements. Mm-hmm. borrows so many different elements, and it, like, presents it all in one in one giant fell swoop. You have, it's, like, part neo-noir, part mystery, part science fiction, part action-adventure, part thriller. Yeah, part and, wire-foo movie. Mm-hmm. So what? I said part wire foo. Yeah, part wire foo, and, <laughs> uh, and and like the Wachowskis were wanting to do. I, I was I was watching the Matrix Revisited before before this began, and like oh, you're way ahead of us. Well, like, well, like I was I was just watching that, and they're like everybody was saying that this is a great script, this is a great script, but like it's so ambitious that. A lot of people were just like, "Well, it's a good script, but we don't know what to we don't know what to do with it. We don't know we don't we don't know what it means." And right. they said all the actor all the, the actors who read it said, uh, "We know exactly what it means. We don't know what's going on." But like in terms of style, like one thing I love about this is that one thing I love about this is the I've actually got it on my screen right now is the uh, the greenish hue that's it, mm. that's that's for the matrix and the bluish hue that that represents the real world and now yes. that's that's like like we use that today and i mean we use that today in like different things and i find it I, I, like that's the first movie i can think of that's actually used that so yeah yeah i mean and uh, the the concept of bullet time is mm-hmm. also something that's uniquely Matrix. Um, this like sh- taking an action scene and having it suddenly shift into slow motion as yeah. we see these bullets fly past them. Like and that, how many people? How many times have we seen that reenacted in film since then? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. And not just that, it's that element of the camera detaching from like a physical place, mm. you know, because like it, it, it's not just like that it's slowing, it's like it's moving through the space in a way that like naturally a camera probably couldn't do and capturing everything in real time or in, in, in real time and playing it slow. It's um, something that would become massively influential over the next few years. Um, and uh, I, I kind of feel like that breakthrough in terms of that element of visual effects that you'll see, you see kind of throughout the movie. Uh, it, it's so funny because by today's standards, it all seems so tame um, that because, because of what we become accustomed to now, that's kind of usually the, uh, the fate of movies that pioneer new ways to do things. But uh, every time it happened, just kind of like, it like it, it sometimes it's i don't know I, I can't describe it it's just fascinating how to go back and see the early versions of concepts it's like when you it's like when people talked about uh i remember in film class in college they talked about citizen kane uh sort of sort of uh uh, uh pioneering the the, the transition or like or like or like the, the flashback transition and, I, and i'm like what did they how did they what did they do before it doesn't seem possible that it would take that that would be something somebody would have to discover but yeah so what you're saying is the matrix is citizen kane i could see one could say that it is one of the more important movies of uh of the last 30 40 years that's a good way to put that i would agree with that yeah whether you wanna, like it or not, because there are people yeah. who aren't really big fans of the Matrix. Right. People who don't like the Matrix. But I think mm-hmm. regardless of your opinion of the film, you kind of have to acknowledge the impact that it had. Yeah. And I understand, you know, we're, we're strictly talking about the Matrix tonight. But I understand that for a lot of people, the sequels kind of ruined the, the appeal of the entire franchise for people as well. But I think if you were, if you just look at this film and what it does, I find it hard to, to, to find anything to dislike about it, really. Um, but that's just me. I, of course, other people are going to not like things, but I know a lot of people just like, eh, the re- Reloaded and Revolution suck. The whole thing sucks. I don't want to watch it. Yeah. You can watch a movie without watching its sequels. That is I, have no, I, have, I have no real memories of the sequels, so I'm excited to get I, I remember one scene from... Uh, reloaded <laughs> yeah so let's talk about the story for a minute we talked a lot about the the visual effects and kind of the achievements it made in in style mm. but the story i think is also equally really fascinating so you got neo who starts out as thomas anderson he's just uh right. mr anderson a, a regular old dude computer programmer who uh at night like batman is a hacker, a computer hacker by the name of Neo, which I feel like in the late nineties, people thought hacker as like exactly what this is. Yeah. <laughs> Hacking into some like world altering simulation and not just whatever he was doing. So he is contacted from the outside by Lawrence Fishburne, Lawrence Fishburne's Morpheus and is basically dragged into this whole situation because he is believed to be, the one to help free the human race from this captivity, which is a heavy, a heavy topic. Yes. <laughs> so yes. I want to, I want to talk yeah. about 
the the fight scene real quick i'm just going to jump into that because in addition to the fight scene between neo and morpheus because in addition to it just looking amazing and that being one of the in my opinion one of the best choreographed and looked fights in movie history um there's so much like storytelling going on because this is the first time really that neo is getting into the real depths of the matrix and understanding what can be done and what can't be done and the dynamic between Morpheus and Neo in this whole scene is just a storytelling like juggernaut. You've got Neo who's, who believes so passionately in this thing, in this matrix, and that he's trying to understand it. And you can tell that he really wants to understand it. And then you have Morpheus who wants Neo to get it, but also is not going to just give it to him. So he's, he's got that mentor aspect where he's like, bring it to me, but I'm not going to take it easy on you. I'm going to kick your ass and you're going to deal with it. And then you finally get that moment where Neo understands what's going on and really just leans into it and doesn't work, gets his ass kicked. And then Morpheus is like, how did I beat you? And they get into the depths of that. And I just think that whole scene is fantastic. Yeah, I think um, re- the, rewinding from that a little bit, there's this sort of uh, there's this, there's a really heavy tone, and there's a lot of like um, there's a lot of concepts thrown at you really fast. But I feel like the movie never really. Uh, I, I don't feel like if you're a new viewer, if you've never seen The Matrix, I don't feel like you're going to be that lost, because even though some of the ideas like that go a little bit maybe underexplained at times it's not something that like you're going to go, I don't understand. I don't feel like I get it. I feel like they give you enough information to keep going. And so, and, 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 and Neo ends up being a really good, you know, uh, avatar for your questions. Um, because as he kind of figures things out, I feel like you can figure things out. So that fight scene becomes a really good example of them giving you information and allowing you to sort of complete the puzzle yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another, you know, you, now that you mentioned Neo and it being kind of a, an avatar for the viewer, I think it also works in the story perspective of Neo being this person who wants to serve a bigger purpose and to be a part of something bigger than he is in this boring computer programming job in this boring world. And then to be brought into or to, be, to, to learn that there is a whole nother world out there that is the real one. I think is something that can also be related to pretty easily with viewers. Yeah, Andrew, what do you think? I could relate to that, I guess. I think, I really do think that the story was like very original. And one thing I've, one thing I've been thinking about is like throughout the entire movie, you know, we're, we're used, we're used to today. Like one of the things that we, that we have now, thanks to like Marvel is just like this giant, it's like this giant spectacle, uh, this giant spectacle of movies that we're kind of, we're almost accustomed to. And now, we, you know, it's, it's almost like second nature. And the Matrix, when it came along, the Matrix, when it came along, pe- people didn't know what it was. And, and ultimately, that was the question. But if anything, if there's one thing I can gather about this movie is that there's no, I want to say that there's no, there's no twist to it if that makes sense and like 
what I mean by that is, is that like, there's no like, there's no like strange plot twists towards the end. There's no strange, there's nothing like really twisty in terms of like, in terms of like, you know, what happens. Ultimately, what we get, ultimately what we get is a lot of, is a lot of like, is a lot of big expectations and even more delivery. Mm. And, and like, we're, we're not like, we're not like, we're, we're fully invested in the story because we want to know what happens to Neo and why he's here. And Neo wants to know why he's here. And we want to know what's going on throughout the movie. We want to know what's happening. Uh, we're, we're finding out everything in the same time frame as Neo. And that's what yeah. I like about this movie a lot. Yeah, and Neo kind of lives through the twists. He kind of lives through the twists. And we're finding out just the same. Like, you know, we have no idea what the Matrix is. We're, we're presumably living in the real, real world. Or are we? Or are we? Who knows? <laughs> but um yeah but no it's 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 very what the other thing i like about it is like the other thing i like about it is its take on there's so there's so much that can, that can be said about the matrix really on anything uh there's and the one thing i will say is like it's mythology it's mythology and take on even take on religion like it can it can be you, you can construe this on philosophy as well there's mm-hmm. so much about the matrix that's just so talked about, but like the mythology, I mean, one character's name is Neo. Another character's name is Morpheus. You know, what do you have? What, what do you have there? I mean, it's, it's, there's, uh, uh, there's, there's so much more that can be said. Obviously we don't have time, but, but there's just we got time. There's so much. You yeah, can we got time. What do you want to say, Andrew? No, the only thing I want <laughs> it's nine. Tw- it's nine twenty. Landry doesn't kick us off till closer to ten. We're good. Okay. All right. I'm well, pin. The only thing I will say is that like there's so much uh, like plot wise and what the characters mean because Neo, like Morpheus was kind of like I want to say that Morpheus was kind of like the not the leader of the, he's not the leader of the underworld. That's not what I meant. He's more like a carrier. And Neo, meaning new, he's like mm. he's almost like a Christ-like figure. Right. Mm, yeah. Because yeah, Neo, he, meaning he new. It's an anagram for one. Yeah. It's and uh, in the end he rises from the dead. Yeah. One is the loneliest number that you ever knew. Well, yeah, two and one. Two, Excellent two, to uh, to sort of articulate what you're saying uh, <laughs> again, Andrew, you know, the movie doesn't have like a surprise bad guy, you know. No. The it, it doesn't have oh, like yeah. a, a sudden a sudden oh you thought, you know, like it does. I, I well, I don't. We know, do don't have know. a character turn, though. We do have a character oh, yeah, turn, but, and, but and it, I is kind to, of, I, it is kind of signposted a little bit by. Well, sure, uh, but still, you know, we shouldn't trust but, his lies anyway. But with like, I mean, I mean, we didn't really expect that, but like, because since there was a lead up to it, but like, it, everything that's like, I I, I want to say that everything is very it's very well fleshed out within the within the first twenty minutes, and then afterwards, without it being twisty, you have absolutely no idea what's going to happen. And I think that's just where everything just turns completely exciting. One of the things that I really liked um, was, again, I've mentioned how smart this movie is. And one of the questions that I wrote down, again, this is the first time that I've probably seen this movie since early 2000s. Um, 
uh, like I asked, you know, how did people discover that they were not living in the real world and that it was the matrix? And then, you know, my process watching these movies and, and getting ready for the discussions is I take a lot of notes throughout the movie and, um, you know, would not even having to scroll through my notes. There's an answer to my question where Morpheus talks about there used to be a person who could manipulate the matrix himself and figured out that it wasn't real and started waking up people. And so that revolution is essentially how these people discovered what was going on and how this fight is continued. And that this person who was originally able to manipulate the matrix uh, would be reincarnated after he died. And that's how Neo is believed to be the one. Um, so, I mean, you, you ask a question and it, the movie is smart enough to go, here's your answer. And they bring out so many good questions throughout the movie. Um, you know, the whole premise of the Oracle and what she says, you know, what does this mean? They tease what Trinity's visit to the Oracle told her. Um, and you don't find that out until the very end as a confirmation that Neo is the one, because even though Morpheus is so steadfast in his belief that Neo is the one, the Oracle basically says, you're not buddy. Yep. He starts to doubt it. You see him at the end, get shot by um, agent Smith right in the chest, four five, six times. Um, he dies. And then at that end, Trinity's like, you can't die because the Oracle told me I would fall in love. And that person would be the one. And I love you. And that brings him back to life, really just confirming everything that was being questioned this whole time. So it's just this whole thing keeps you in suspense throughout this whole thing. And it's really just well done. Oh, it's a good job yeah. of foreshadowing too. Yeah. I wanted to take a second to read a, a comment that we got here on the Soundstooth Facebook page from uh, our good buddy, Daniel Ott. Daniel Ott. Yes, yes. So um, the movie, The Matrix was um, created by the um, the Wachowskis, who are siblings. They are uh, trans women. And he, uh, Daniel mentioned, in the, he had a good comment about um, the rereading of the films from a trans perspective. He said the trans rereading of the films, especially the first, is also fascinating. The entire concept of identity and understanding these were filmmakers figuring out their own identity as trans women. Smith refusing to call him by his chosen name, Neo literally breaking out of a man's body in the climax. Switch was supposed to be a male in the real world and a female in the Matrix. Details like that. And that, that, that's a really interesting, those are really interesting points too. Yeah. Because the, the, this movie was made um, pre their... Um, at least pu public transition. Yeah, and um, obviously the um, trans movement isn't wasn't what, quite what it was in 1999 that it is today. So being able to go back and view movies from that sort of uh, from a sort of new perspective, even only what uh, what was it? Its anniversary, 20 years later. It uh, you can view this movie like like Andrew said through a multitude of different philosophies and viewpoints, um, whether it's political, religious, cultural, uh, or uh, I was trying to think of a fourth thing there and can think of one, <laughs> social, you know. Yeah. Um. I, I I don't have I don't really know 
enough to uh i'm not educated enough on that particular topic to sure, speculate yeah. on specifically but if you uh if you are interested you know hey let us know in the comments you can put some more on our patreon where we're uh, taking some questions as well yeah 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 sound, uh, facebook twitch whatever um but yeah i i definitely appreciate daniel leaving that comment that's a very good point um really when you break it down to the movie to its most base level it's kind of about how the world so much of the world you're living in is a lie or it's not real or something like that so right. it's pretty it's very well, it's very, very interesting it's weird how you can even take that and apply it to to now i mean we're not living in a, a real life ai simulated uh, matrix, but a lot of times people put themselves in their own matrix where it's yes! a bubble that you how much, see what you want to see and you believe what you want to believe. You, anything yes, how much is, is not good. And, and you can look at Cypher as that particular character where he was given the truth, did, decided he didn't like it and wanted to go back to not believing and not knowing anything. And that's so relevant to now. Yes. Yeah. We're at a point now where you don't even have to go into like deep corners of the internet to find just the most insane crap. There's nothing more mainstream online than Facebook. And even it is full of lies. And you no. you know, yeah. I hate to tell you, Andrew. No. It's not real. And now whatever you Facebook. Whatever you see on this on the Soundstooth and so many sequels pages is completely real though. Yes, that's I'll true. That. <laughs> but so much yeah, of it's so much of it's bullcrap and people believe it and they won't listen to anything else but this lie that they have chosen to believe. No, as Cypher says, ignorance is bliss, right? I'd rather not even know that these problems exist than have to deal with them. Fair but uh, uh, you know, so to kind of move to a, a new space of it, I'm going to be honest. Be not a big, not even though I, I have the costume tonight and I was talking about the legacy movie, not necessarily huge on the matrix personally. Like I really? do think it's a really, I do think it's a good film, but it's just one of those things of like, it never grabbed me as a kid, like star Wars back to the future. You know, the, those kind of things grabbed me. They really sparked my imagination, the thought process behind, you know, those worlds and those things. But the matrix, I think because of its, I think, and it's kind of like there's some other movies that are this way, but I think it's kind of like the dystopian element just kind of makes it so bleak, even with the idea of, of, of Neo being like this new savior figure. It's just sometimes I was like, uh, it's yeah, I mean, it's cool and it's, you know, it's black and leather and all that, but that really wasn't my uh, style. I do think that um, I do think the story is at its base, nothing necessarily brand new, but the, but the style and the delivery, that's really the, the, that's the, te that's the real component of this movie that will live forever is how stylistically different it was than what most people had seen at the time. As Andrew said, it drew from like, you know, a lot of Hong Kong and anime and different elements, different film elements that have been tried before, but, um, but it really put all that together in a way that people hadn't seen before in 1999. That, that's a little, I mean, it's a little surprising because like, like the Wachowskis before they were in movies were in comic books, mm -hmm. like big time. 
And most of what we watch anymore today is comic book movies. Right. So, I mean, they were, they were, I don't want to say they were pioneering it because they weren't. Oh, goodness. But like, but like they were definitely, they definitely helped popularize it. Like, like popularize like comic book adaptations. I mean, obviously we had several years before that, but. Yeah. They didn't hurt is what you're saying. Correct. No, but cool. they proved that they proved that you can put together definitely a higher concept action movie. Because mm-hmm. um, this is probably one of the first of those. This is kind of like because it is it's pretty high concept. Everything that goes on and, and has evolved it. There's all these um, allusions to classic uh, classic literature. You have you know you have uh, you know follow you know like see how deep the rabbit uh, the, the rabbit hole goes and follow the white rabbit. And Cipher makes a reference to Wizard of Oz. Like there's all these allusions to our own mythology that somehow still went a, somehow did a really good job of persisting into the late 2100s, and uh, so there's all this intellectual components to it. And as Andrew uh, talked about, there's there's mythology within the Matrix universe that kind of exists. Though you know the, the origins of these names and things, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I want to I want to jump into the legacy of this movie because you know there's so. Are you going to go where I think you're going? Yes, I am. Yeah, this is going to be. Fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna create a matrix here, where we live in a world where Will Smith did not turn down this part. Ooh. Oh, yeah. that he was cast as Neo. I'm sure that. Most and what about what about Trinity? Know, if you don't know, I'll get to. I'll, I'm gonna go through <laughs> who we could have had in the, in these other roles. Andrew, Will Smith is the most this is the this is what you should make. You should Photoshop this poster. This is the most famous one. Will Smith famously turned down the role of Neo to star in the critically acclaimed Oscar snubbed movie Wild Wild West. Wild Wild West. And uh, 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 an incredible decision. That is in hindsight. Yes, he has openly talked about this and said that it's one of the biggest mistakes that he's made. Um, uh, from what I gathered, he said that he was not a mature enough actor at the time to understand the pitch. He said in the pitch meeting with the Wachowski, or with Kowski's, he did not understand what they were talking about with the bullet time and all of this information. He had no idea, so he was like, well, I'm going to go shoot some guns and be in chaps. But, but an animatronic uh, spider, that made sense to him. That makes perfect sense. Yes. A giant, what, a giant what robot ins- spider. What are you and cowboys. insinuating, Josh? What are you insinuating? Of course, that I'm makes just more saying sense. that maybe a giant robot spider in a in a steampunk uh, Wild West scenario movie. is at best the same amount of nonsense. Absolutely not. Okay. Continuing. All quick, right. Neo was also on, offered yes. to Nicolas Cage, who turned it down. Uh, Warner Brothers wanted Brad I know Pitt Kung Fu and Val Kilmer. <laughs> uh, the Wachowski's first choice was Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Uh, as far as Johnny Depp, never my first probably, choice. Probably would have. Yeah, that probably would have been fine. Honestly, nineteen ninety nine Johnny Depp before he went. Been, uh, it would have been fine, silly. sure, but would have been fine. Do we uh, want? But fine? Johnny Depp. I don't know. I'd have to see a picture of Johnny Depp in ninety nine. I don't feel like he's quite as everyman as Keanu Reeves kind of looked. No. So let's. Let's take out Keanu. Was that all the options that we had for Neo? For Neo, yes. yeah. so we got we got Brad Pitt, mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage, Val Kilmer, Will Smith, Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. Rank those. Who should who, who should who would do who should do it? 
honestly, I'm going to believe Will Smith when he says he wasn't quite mature enough for the role. I'm going to say Brad Pitt compared to the rest of those. Mm -hmm. Brad Pitt was my choice too. I think he would have owned that movie. Yeah. Then Will Smith, then Nick Cage. (laughs) I would have gone with Val Kilmer. And then Johnny Depp. Well, Val Kilmer was for Morpheus. No, he was for Neo and Morpheus. Oh. He can't be both. They were looking at him for both. What do you want me to do? I don't know. I don't know. I, I personally would have voted like an alternate Neo would have been would have been Val Kilmer. Ugh. Really? Yep. <laughs> don't even Listen. know. I can't can't even imagine it. Really. Listen, I brought this up because here's here's the thought process that I had with this. Listen, I love Will Smith. 1999 was peak Will Smith. He'd already done so a many. Great time to be Will Smith. Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fresh Prince was done and over. He'd done Bad Boys. He'd done. And black. Uh, and then black at that point in time, which is something that we just covered before this one. So you can go back and yeah. do those episodes about how we feel about Will Smith and Men in Black. Hint, <laughs> we like it. Um, Some of it. <laughs> but I don't think that in any movie I've ever seen Will Smith in, I cannot see him as Neo. And here's why. Because there's so much martial arts in this movie where I just don't believe that he would have been that type of Neo. The Neo that we have now would have been something completely different had it been Will Smith. Because while I think that he would have put a good faith effort into it, I don't think that fits his persona as a human being. I can't see him doing martial arts. I can't see him being so deadpan because he's so funny. In, in the Men in Black episodes, we talked about how nobody wants to see Will Smith as a straight man. Right. And, and, and that's true. Nobody and, wants to see he, – he is a funny person. So he yeah. would have had quick one-liners. There's a line where um, they talk about the – oh, the squids. I've gone blank. The sentinels. The yeah. Sentinels. And they say they're killing machines built only for one thing. And in my brain, I, I pictured Will Smith cracking a joke and going, making pancakes. Yeah. And that's what – that's that persona that Will Smith would have had. That's where my head went too. You built for one Not necessarily, not necessarily a Will Smith, but just they went You're killing machines built to do one thing, and I was like, well, I assume killing. Then if they're <laughs> killing exactly. machines, they're doing so, one thing: and search and destroy. When Keanu has that, he hit, he kicks him, and then he does that we that leg thing. I can't see Will Smith doing things like that. Like, I just it would have been something completely different. I would I would love to see like a tester. I know that it doesn't exist, but goodness gracious. No, they should bring him in for the fourth one. They should. We're ready for deadpan. For, we're, we're ready for straight man Will Smith now. Bring him in for the fourth one. We've, we've hey. seen enough of dramatic actor Will Smith that I think he could pull it off today. Yeah. That's, that's the thing, too. You were talking about you know, Will Smith being much more known for his comedy back then. This movie is fairly humorless. There's yeah. not a lot in terms of, of uh, it's not funny. relief. Very straightforward. You know, the closest thing to a real laugh is when uh, Morpheus jumps over the building and Keanu goes, whoa. Like, that's, eh? that's kind of it, you know, or unless you find a uh, mouse funny. Yeah. Yeah. But he has yeah. moments. I, I yeah. feel like he was supposed to be like a comedy, comedy relief and not really. Yeah. So yeah, that's what we got. Let's move on to another Brad character. Pitt. Okay, so going I, I into, agree, Brad Pitt. Going into Morpheus, um, it looks like uh, Gary Oldman, Samuel L. Jackson, and Val Kilmer that. were all people discussed to play Morpheus. I could see all of those. I could see Mel Kilmer as Orpheus, Morpheus. <laughs> I could see uh, 
I could see Sam Jackson. And uh, Gary Oldman, he'd be good, too. Yeah. I can only see Gary Oldman. Okay. And then yeah, Gary going... Oldman would be interesting. He'd be – I see him as more of like a reserved, quiet, wise Morpheus. If they were going to put him as somebody, I mean, completely recasting, and, and you were like, we have Gary Oldman. Where do you want him to be? He'd be the Oracle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sam or Jackson would be – Sam Jackson would be good. I mean, he's already – kind of nailed down the idea of this leadership type of role. I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of a subdued Nick Fury, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I could see that. I feel he like at that e- time period, he might even be a little more aggressive. Yeah. At that time period, uh, more, uh, Lawrence Fishburne and Sam Jackson are kind of about the same level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last one, uh, Carrie Ann Moss as Trinity, the leading candidate for that was Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson. Yeah. So imagine this movie with Will Smith, Samuel L. Jackson, and Janet Jackson. How about that? That's a that's a whole another movie. I tell you what. It's definitely different. Janet Jackson. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm having to look her up a little bit. She said that um, she had to turn it down. Why did she have to turn it down? Um, she turned it down initially because of conflicts. That's all it says. In an interview, she stated that turning down a role was difficult for her, so she later referenced The Matrix in the intro and outro interludes in her 10th studio album, Discipline. Yeah, I've never mm. seen that. But I feel like I remember some kind of music video where she was very Matrixy, but I don't. It could be misremembering. She did um, the following year join the cast of Nutty Professor 2, The Clumps. Oh, that's a step up. Maybe coming soon to uh, so many sequels near you. Hey, that's you know, when now. you when you miss out on something like that, you go, well, next thing I get, I'm taking. Mm-hmm. You know, last time yeah. I turned something down, it turned out to be The Matrix. This Nutty Professor 2, The Clumps movie is going to explode. <laughs> I mean, the first one's got its moments. The yeah, Nutty Professor is a very fun movie. It's a very fun vehicle. Did they come out in the same year? I feel like they did. What? The Matrix and The Nutty Professor 2. No, The Matrix came out in 99. Uh, Clumps came out <laughs> in 2000. And you better believe we'll be Clumps. doing The Nutty Professor someday soon. Oh, it's got to happen, right? <laughs> Hopefully it's our next live show. First one, great. Do you want great? to get into your uh, box office, David? We, can we got do that. 10-ish minutes left, looks like. We can do that. We can get into box office stats for The Matrix. I do want to, before we move on, I do want to also comment. Hugo Weaving, fantastic, right? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. so always, always. Agent Smith. All right, here we go. Um, if you're new to the show, this is the box office part of the show where we look through how the movie performed, and it's pretty straightforward. The Matrix debuted the weekend of March 31st, way back in 1999. That's a Wednesday, so it actually has a five-day opening of $37.1 million. Um, if you shrink that to just its actual opening weekend, of April 2nd through the 4th, $27 million. Now, that sounds like a kind of small uh, opening, but the movie would end up having really great uh, legs and go on to make uh, $171.4 million, $171. million in the United States. Um, so let's see, what opened up against The Matrix in 1999? So the number two movie that weekend was 10 Things I Hate About You. Um, one of uh, one of my favorite movie. movies. I, I enjoyed Ten Things I Did About You. It's fun. Love it. Young Heath Ledger. 
And at number three, this is a movie that it's going to either be a movie Andrew's seen and loves or Andrew will never heard of it like the rest of us. It's called The Out-of-Towners. I've heard of it. I've never seen it. <laughs> it's, a, it's actually a remake of a, of a uh, I think, a Neil Simon play. Yeah. That was made in like the 40s. Anyway. Oh, wow. Um, then at number four, you have Analyze This. Robert Is that the first Niro, one or the second one? And uh, uh, Billy Crystal. And then at number five, you have The Forces of Nature. Uh, just missing out on the top five that weekend with $4 million was Ed TV, which is another movie. <laughs> Ed TV. I will say, I love Ed TV. <laughs> so zero sequels I'm in the top you, five that weekend. You zero. I do. What's wrong with you? A lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's basically like awful Truman Show. Uh, Ed TV is yeah, great. Everybody loves Ed TV. David! <laughs> what? Is, have y'all been, you know what? No, have, no, no. Have y'all been, have <laughs> y'all been dogging Ed TV? That movie's fun. This is not an Ed TV podcast, and it yeah, will not be. Matthew McConaughey, terrific in that. It's the, it's the Everyman's Truman Show. All right, that fine. All I'll right. watch it. I'll give it a it, shot. Oh, you never seen Ed TV? If I did, I was nine. <laughs> it was it's 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 all right it's all right it's very uh by today it's kind of uh it's kind of it's kind of ahead of its time it is sure um, thank you <laughs> it's ahead of its time but it's also anyway um so zero zero sequels in the top five that weekend with the matrix uh minute black like i said we want to finish ed tv ahead of its time <laughs> 171.4 million dollars in the united states over its 22 week run you add $290 million from overseas to bring its worldwide total to $463.5 million. So if we, uh, if we take a look at 1999 as a whole, the number one movie, as you may guess, was, that's right, Star Wars, The Phantom Menace, mm, yeah. bringing in $431 million. At number two, you guys ought to remember this because we were just in 1999 not long ago. At number two, The Sixth Sense. Oh. Number three was Toy Story 2. Number four was Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. And at number five, like we said, The Matrix. That blue so, the Spy Who Shagged Me made more money than The Matrix? The not Ma- a whole lot more, but it did make more, yes. It made a lot peak, of money. We're talking about peak Mike Myers, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do like The Spy Who Shagged Me, but like, just that premise makes me upset. So yeah, just, for the, just for the sake of... This be 1999 being a huge year. What was what was six through ten real quick? Six through ten. Uh, number six, you have the highest grossing. Uh, well, no, I won't, that's not that's not true because Toy Story two is. At number six, you have Disney's Tarzan. At number okay. seven, you have Adam Sandler and Big Daddy, okay. with the the young uh, Sprouse twins. Mm-hmm. At number eight, you have The Mummy. At number nine, Julia Roberts and uh, I think Richard Gere in Runaway Bride. And at number 10, it's probably one, like, it's another one of those important movies. It's The Blair Witch Project. Yes. Finding uh, how uh, different elements of horror. But, I mean, you could just keep going through the list in 1999, and it's like, good movie, solid movie, good movie, solid movie, good movie. Um, there's there's not a lot to dislike about the, about 1999. No. No. Um, so, yeah, so the highest-grossing non-sequel that year, The Sixth Sense, the highest-grossing sequel, the Toy, Story Toy Story 2. Yeah. Um, obviously, you could count Star Wars in that, but it's a prequel, so it's not technically a sequel. Technicality. <laughs> so, um, let's see. Oh, uh, so another honorable mention. So, 1990, uh, if we look at the year 2000, so that's uh, this is your Oscar winner for that year, is uh, American Beauty. Yep. American Beauty. 
Um, we've made one previous trip to 1999, like it was just mentioned. It was to review Toy Story 2, if you want to check out our Toy Story podcast. They are uh, probably one of my favorite series we've done. Toy yeah. Story 1, 2, 3, and 4. So uh, check those out. That's it for the box office stats. Josh, you won the Letterboxd game last week. I did. I did. So to explain this to new viewers and listeners, we uh, go off a website called Letterboxd, which is like a social network for movie fans, if you don't know that, um, to guess basically what the out of five scale score the movie has. We used to do Rotten Tomatoes. That was less fun. It became less fun over time. And Letterboxd was just a little more fan driven. So we're yeah. going to do that. So like I said, it's on a scale of zero to five. You could go 2.6, 4.7, whatever you want. Uh, David, Andrew, and Garrett are all going to guess the score, and then I will reveal who is closest, uh, thus declaring a winner. So, um, who I'll wants to first. start? You go ahead and I'll guess. Go I've first. got it all pulled up. 4.1. Okay. Andrew? I'm going to go 4.3. <laughs> oh, you guys are going to make it hard, aren't you? That's what she said. Oh. Uh, Yep. No, it's not to you. She didn't. Oh, and I'm cheap. Yeah, let's take that from my wife. Uh, four point. <laughs> oh, what'd you say, Andrew? Four point three. All right, four point five. That's okay. Whatever. So we got four point one, four point three, and four point five. I will tell you that on Letterboxd, this movie has been watched by 493,000 members. It is uh, a favorite movie of 5.5,000. Wow. And the winner of this particular game with a perfect guess Mm. is David with 4.1. This movie was rated 4.1 out of five on Letterboxd. And just for fun, I'll tell you that on Rotten Tomatoes, the <laughs> score is 87%. Which, honestly, I feel like this movie is at least a 90. I was going to say, that's low. kind of low. For, I for think like there is a lot of people out there who look at this movie as creating m- movies that they don't like. You know? Yep. Like, they, they, they look at this movie as being responsible for uh, a bunch of pseudo intellectual bullcrap <laughs> that would be uh, influenced by the Matrix, um, and I, I think that there's a few people who don't. Just, there's just about people who just don't want to like it. So that I think that who knows how much of that drug the score down. But I had a feeling, True. mostly because of when we did Lord of the Rings, which should go check out our Lord of the Rings podcast. When we did Lord of the Rings, and all of those were four point three, I thought I don't think the Matrix is going to be higher than any of the Lord of the Rings movies. So that's good thinking. Yeah. But okay. uh, what do we rank it? Uh, I rank it a five. Five out of five. I give, I give it a five out of five, too. Yep. I also say five. I will David's say... Combo breaker. I am. I'm going to say 4.5. <laughs> okay. Because okay. I like it. I, I like it. I think it's got a good influence. But it's not necessarily... I don't know. There's, there's more that they could have done, I think. Yeah. Well, like, well, okay. I'm, I'm interested. I want to pick your brain. Like, what, what else could they have done, do you think? Like, what, in, a, in, a, in a David world, what would the Matrix be beyond what it is? Oh, gosh. Um, I think... Timothy Oliphant. 
<laughs> Am I wrong? Patrick Stewart would be Patrick Morpheus. Stewart. Um, uh, Carrie Ann Moss would be uh, would be uh, that one girl from Mean Girls. Um, Lindsay Lohan. Let's see. No, no. <laughs> Lacey Shea Bear. Um, no, I think that one of the key problems for me with the with the Matrix is that I don't feel like the I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to describe. He doesn't I, have a reason. That's what it is. I don't know. I don't have a reason. You know, it what? Does, you don't have to. It, yeah, like you said know. earlier, it just didn't. It, you just didn't like connect with it. I guess you said it was a good movie. You obviously oh, yeah. see that. It just I didn't connect with you. Scene. And that's there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's, there's plenty I don't know. of great movies that that we don't like. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we talked about it you know, when we talked about like Lord of the Rings. You know, there's something about it that doesn't really appeal to everybody. Sure. But you kind of respect its legacy, and I don't know. I, I I like I like it, but I don't love it, and so I you know I don't know. Okay, fair enough. Maybe it is a five. I don't know. <laughs> hey, this is all on you, buddy. Well, I have I a feeling that, I that articulate it. when I do the average, it might be rounded up to a five anyway. We'll find out. Yeah, probably. Um, you can see what our final score is on the so many sequels letterboxd page if you're a member there and if you're not and you're a movie fan you really should go check it out it's a it's a cool place to just follow uh movie reviewers and people keep lists of movies that you may never even heard of and it's just a great place to discover film and to keep track of what you're watching um we're gonna wrap it up i'll let the uh sounds tooth guys know that we're we're wrapping up now um what oh go ahead Oh, I was just going to do our regular wrap-up. You can find us online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search So Many Sequels in all of those apps. Of course, you can listen to our podcasts on the Soundstooth app or wherever else you want to get podcasts. Um, we typically, typically release once a week. Um, once we're through with the series, we'll do a special little video to announce the next one, and we'll keep going through the year. And we do fun things like... Uh, uh, we'll do an Oscar show if there is an Oscars this year. <laughs> um, we'll do an end of the year wrap up. We'll yeah. tell you what our favorite movies or what our most anticipated movies of 2021 are going to be, which are probably going to be a rehash of what 2020 <laughs> was supposed to be. Right. Uh, it'll be fun. <laughs> so find us online on all of those places. Be sure that you also go donate some money if you can to the links that Soundstooth is posting to go help out the artists and service workers impacted by the coronavirus that would be awesome too and i think i think i hit everything did i miss anything guys i just want to throw out i want to throw out that uh, another place that you can donate to is circle cinema that is a a local cinema house uh that we are uh, most of us are members there um they're a nonprofit. they've been around for almost 100 years uh doing various things they do a lot of uh indie films and and events that support you know, local artists as well. So uh, they just released a new t-shirt that you can buy uh, for, I believe, $25. So that's a great way to help them out. Um, and Flash Flood Printing, which is also a local print shop that made those shirts. They are seem to be splitting the money. So uh, that's, that's something that you can donate to as well. Cool. All right. Yeah. So do those things. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you, Soundstooth, for having us. We had fun. It's great, See you guys. Next time. Hey, thanks for doing that, guys. Yeah, we yeah. love it. No problem. And we finished under time. Oh, wonder. Yes. 
That is oh, the first. We'll get, item guys, uh, we'll get you guys on a, a crossover on something. We've we've still got some wrestling movies to watch. We've uh, oh hell yes. <laughs> David and I always try to make wrestling references. We didn't make one for this episode. We can go old school. We can do like Grunt the movie or something like that. Like, yeah, really <laughs> Listen, if you do Ready to Rumble, I'm there. Oh, uh, we we just did that one a week ago. So we we've done uh, Ready to Rumble, and uh, I made Sean Singleton and Zach Amen watch uh, No Holds Barred and. Did you have you done that one where Goldberg's a, a Santa? Oh, Santa's uh, sleigh. Santa's sleigh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. I have not. No. I have Need not to get that one on. The, well, I also Christmas just season. recently watched the main event on Netflix, and that is terrible. So if you, if you <laughs> do like, that one, too. it's like Mike, but with wrestling. Yeah. Yep, it's pretty bad. It's basically like Spider-Man, but with a WWE mask. So you should uh, you should watch an episode of the Big Show show on Netflix. I have I done that. that. I have think done it. I think they're trolling us with that. Show. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is like, did you guys ever watch uh, the Bill Ingvall show on TBS? I did. It's like yeah. the same show, but all, all the jokes are instead of redneck jokes, it's just big show jokes. <laughs> I, I looked up the guy that wrote, uh, the guys that developed that show, and they've done good, funny stuff. And so I literally think that they just tried to make the hokiest, like, <laughs> family sitcom they could it's some like meta like landry miller shit or something yeah it's like (laughs) it's like somebody watched uh yes dear in spanish and then translated it back to english (laughs) well we appreciate you guys being on landry anything to say to him as we get get out of here and bring in your talk shit cronies no literally nothing to say all right, guys that was awesome thank you so much and yeah definitely donate to circle cinema out there guys they uh we need places like that to stick around. So.